Ladies and gentlemen, John Shukers and Mark Vidukas, welcome to Worldy. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. We're back on It's the Worldy Podcast, episode 45, with me as often. <laughs> Andy Roberts. Can't say always anymore, can we? Hello. I'm, I'm replacing you with finer broadcasters I where mean, possible. I mean, I, li- I had listened to last week's episode. Yep, Graham uh, on the pod. Graham on the pod. Um, bit annoyingly good. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, he's um, good. He's got a good voice. Yeah, he has. He's that northern. He's bringing a bit of northern to the podcast. He's got a bit of earthy clout. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's... I mean, I, I did take in issue with one thing that he said. There, he was talking about um, how Blackburn have hit the very highest of highs, highest um, of highs by yeah. winning the Premier League, and then he said, "But you know, we've also you know recently tasted the lowest of the lows by being in League One." And I'm like, "Fucking fuck off, mate!" Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, come that's, on. that's a diss, isn't that, it? I mean, that is that is direct, yeah. I, I felt that was directly directed at me. <laughs> Um, even Harsh. though I've never actually met him, that, that, yeah, it is true though. Whenever anybody, well, and it was also like, like we'll get onto West Ham, but you get the same things as a West Ham fan at work. And as much as those victories are brilliant, those guys they always see it as such a such a humiliation. You know, yep. League One. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, How the, have we lost the very League I, One? The very idea. The actual the team they play is division. irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Two leagues below us. Yeah. God. Well, shall we shall we get started? Let's get shall we get started. started? Well, it's okay. So, last time you were on, mm-hmm. uh, you were in your usual funk, giving it, giving it all, <laughs> giving it all this about how terrible Oxford are. I and mean, now, where are we? I mean, to be fair, and, and I'm and I'm and I'm gonna give myself some credit here. <laughs> Go um, ahead. I, 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 I always do. <laughs> That's why I come here. Because <laughs> yeah. I can talk about myself in a positive way and there's nobody to shout me down. True. Well, let's um, see. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, yeah, keep Gattuso off that thing when, yeah, I'm, yeah, exactly, when I'm talking yeah. about myself. Um, but, yeah, we... Um, yeah, so we have played... We started off reasonably well. I was yeah. quite positive. We had a pretty poor run. Actually, in the last in the last episode I was on, I was very clear that I wasn't worried, and there was it was something very different about the way things were going this season. Yeah. Um. And and I and I genuinely didn't feel at any point like I, I didn't feel like it was like a we were just outside the relegation zone, but it didn't feel like it was anything like last season. And um, uh, you know, so I was reasonably confident that there was enough in the squad in in the way to be fair that Carl Robinson had got them playing that that that, that there actually there was an opportunity for us to to push forward. One thing I did say actually was that that what we could do and what we should do is get rid of this bloody two de- screening defenders, which was yeah. our problem at the start of last season, yeah. um, and remo- move to one screening defender, midfielder, sorry, um, defensive midfielder, yeah. and then put two lads in front of him. Yeah. That's what he did for the Lincoln game, and it's done uh-huh. in every game since then. And holy shit, <laughs> what a surprise, I was right. Maybe that's where he gets a lot of his strategies. He just listens to all the available podcast material, and then yeah. takes the best ideas God, and I hope he doesn't them. listen to this. I know. Sorry, sorry, in- sorry, Carl. <laughs> in a lot of trouble <laughs> yeah. um yeah uh yeah so yeah um but i mean so i whilst i was confident that you know there, there was enough in the squad and, and stuff to turn it around honestly had no idea that we were capable of of what happened 13 um, goals in three games 13 goals in three games and Oof. and 16 goals in 
five games. Blimey. And there's a nil-nil in there as well. So, um, I mean, I think it was probably the game after the, the last episode I was on, we beat Tranmere 3-0. Yeah. Then we went up to Bolton on a Tuesday night. Obviously, Bolton being absolutely hammered yes. left, right and centre. Yeah. Um, and we drew nil-nil. <laughs> Um, we drew nil nil. Yeah. Uh, only the second club in the in the country to in the, in the in the league so far to to draw to not absolutely yes. hammer them. Yeah. Um, so all, all of a sudden, everybody was you know ripping yeah. it to shreds. What is yeah. this? Yeah, and I mean, I, I mean, I said look, if that's the start of Bolton's kind of rejuvenation, then I'm fine with it. I'm yeah. all right with it. It's fine. Um, and yeah. actually, they've they've seemed to have stabilised a bit since then. So they're on minus nine, I think. Yeah, um, you something. know they've still got some work to do. I think they draw on the weekend. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, so so I, I wasn't too worried about about that result. But no, I was just was not expecting uh, what followed that. So what followed that was um, uh, a six nil away win um, at Lincoln City. Now that was pretty interesting because Lincoln yeah. obviously. <laughs> Pretty. I mean, they were in um, in, a bit, in a bit of bother because yeah. they'd had actually a couple of bad results just before uh, Danny Cowley moved off to Huddersfield. Has his and brother gone with him? He has gone yeah, with him. Yeah, thought um, much. But nobody can remember his first name. Uh, it's Danny, Danny Cowley. I just say Bobby. Bobby. Bobby Cowley. Yeah. yeah sounds why not? Right, it? Um, but yeah, so they'd had a couple of bad results. Um, but two days before we were going, <laughs> former Oxford United manager and just all round the best human being on the planet and the best manager that ever was. Michael Appleton is appointed yes, Lincoln City that's manager. Right. I can see why he's gone there, actually, because they're doing the right things. He's clearly got a good, stable ownership. Um, they're set up really well. Yeah, but part... Because we talked about Appleton when, when, when he moved to Leicester, right? Yeah. I think we talked about that on the podcast a while ago. And we were like, oh, we understand that. You know, he wants to get try his hand in Premier League, you know, all that stuff. But... In hindsight, maybe he's thinking, you know, that wasn't for me. And now he's going back to being a, a manager with a bit more control of the club at Lincoln. It does make you a little bit sad because you think, well, he could have carried on at Oxford. It, it, like, yeah. I mean, it does make it, I look at it and go, well, you know, he's he's not one up from no, us. You know, exactly. he's not a yeah. higher level than us. No. Um, but I, I, I go back to the ownership thing. And I actually think that's probably a key part of it. They, they've got good owners. They, they, they've appointed managers really well. They've given Danny Cowley the, the right level of support. Yeah. They're yeah. a progressive club and they are, they are very well run. And he's a, you know, pretty, pretty astute. Yeah. Um, and, and I actually think there's a reasonable chance that one of the reasons why he left Oxford is he knew that there was a takeover on the horizon. Um, the the Leicester gig came up and he fancied that change. He thought, well, I don't, I'm no longer going to have the same stability that I've had and the same support that sure. I've had. You know, he might have got more money. Don't get me wrong. I mean, so, yeah. so he wasn't necessarily yeah. saying the people are coming in I don't like, but he looked at that and gone, there's uncertainty there. There's a Premier League club there. Yes. And so he went to the Premier League yeah. club. And, and and he's had a lot of opportunities to join clubs since um, kind of losing his job at Leicester yeah. and hasn't taken. He hasn't taken okay. a lot yeah, of yeah, jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's that's probably because he's waiting for a club that's got the right level of management. He was in a reasonably comfortable job as the under-23s manager at West Brom. So this is not a guy who's out of work and isn't earning any money sure. or anything like that. Um he actually joined West Brom as assistant manager. They didn't replace their manager. I think I'm recalling this correctly. So he was then bumped down to, to under 23's right, manager. Okay. So that was probably enough of a, a kick for him to go, well, I'll go and look for something else. But, I mean, it's a good level of club. They're obviously doing things right. So but I, not, I, not right enough. 
because no. the use turned up. Yeah, we turned up. And, and, and he wasn't actually man. He was in the director's oh, okay. box, so he wasn't managing the managing the uh, the, the side for that okay, game. So I was about to do the partridge. Uh, needless to say, <laughs> I had the last. We laugh. had the last laugh. <laughs> um, but but yeah, we we absolutely. I wonder if he them. felt just a just a pang of of like longing. Do you know for what? The, uh, I glory know. days at the Kassam when they, you know, routed them six 0 I mean, probably not. The thing is, you know, he he had a great time at Oxford, and it has completely changed his career. Yeah. The trajectory yeah. of his career was going in the completely the opposite yeah. direction. That was the job. Um, and it was. So I think he's he's always going to be grateful. And I'm and I'm and I don't doubt doubt for a second he will look back with extremely fond memories, particularly the 2015-16 season, which is yeah. the greatest season known to man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so he will look at that, but but you but yeah, so I don't I don't think he will look at. He's not that kind of guy. He's yeah, quite kind yeah. of pragmatic and sensible. Just gonna get on with it. Yeah, he's just gonna get on with it. You know, with his massive muscles. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway, we've we spent up. This is the Michael Appleton podcast. Yeah, no. So t- um, so yeah. So we we absolutely hammered Michael Appleton's yes. Lincoln City. So chunky Carl Robinson <laughs> yeah. hammered beefy <laughs> beefy Michael Appleton's um, Lincoln. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he, um, yeah, so we 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 gave them an absolute lesson, and it's funny because I love the ruthlessness of a team when they are on it. You mm. know, like this, like Oxford just banging the goals in; they just and, keep on going. And you know that 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 you know players in form, all players kind of got their shooting boots on. Yeah, followed that up West Ham um, in the cup, uh, and. You go into those games thinking there's a there's a chance we could win this. Yes. There's a reasonable chance it's we could win with games, it. It's midweek games, a bit mid-week, of fun. You never, you never you know. know. You know they're going to put out a bunch of younger players. We've yeah. always got a shot. Yeah, and they, they, they made nine changes. We made six changes. Yeah, okay. You know, so yeah. we weren't out there with our, with our first string side. And honestly, that performance was absolutely incredible. We, we, we legitimately for good periods of that game, yep. played West Ham United off the park. I mean, this wasn't like a lower league side going in and, and clogging the big boys, um, you know, off the no. park. And, and we honestly, we matched them kind of game for game. And, and you want to watch some of the extended highlights because some of the moves leading up to the goals well, are absolutely I incredible. I did, in fact, for once, devote my time to the U's, you yeah, know? Yeah, And I And, I, and it, it paid off because there was some fucking great stuff. The thing that I really liked was how quickly they moved the ball yes. through midfield, yeah. like really, really fast. And they were taking risks and taking responsibility for making difficult passes and things like that. Yeah. And that's when you know that the team's confident and they have confidence in each other. Because they were just like, one touch, one touch, one touch, we'll keep the ball moving, we'll get into the channels, we'll, and then we'll see, you know, we won't try and just build. Even when they were 2 3 nil up, they were like, no, let's fucking go, you know? And there's one of the things that I, I, I was quite critical about us at the start of the season was the lack of pace with which we counter-attack. Yeah. And, and actually, I think, I think that has definitely changed. And it's not that we're playing a different game because we've always played that when in possession. We've always played that quite under Carl Robinson, that quite quick passing game. Yeah. Um, but processing it forwards up the pitch quicker yes. is absolutely yeah. key. And, and the, the, the total key for that is Tariq Fosu. Who uh, is uh, a guy? Carl Robinson. He's been a revelation. Yeah, since and, coming and in. Carl Robinson brought him from from Charlton. On paper, 
there was a, a bit of a question mark about that because effectively he's he's somebody that Charlton fans looked at and go, well, you know, if he can get his head straight, he'd be a great player, but yeah. he can't get his head straight. Yeah. And I'm sat there thinking, Christ, we've got somebody who can't keep yeah, his head straight yeah, and, a, yeah. and a manager who's a bit all over the shop. This is not a match. Not a recipe for success. Well, actually, it turns out it is. And yeah. actually, I think Carl Robinson's exactly the kind of manager that somebody like Tariq Fosu needs. Um, and he's got him week after week playing extremely well so all credit to yeah, nice. to, to Carl Robinson for bringing him in um, and he has made a uh, a really really good addition to the squad and he really drives things forward having lost Gavin White yeah you know and all of our mercurial wingers from last season <laughs> yes. but, but in particular Gavin White having someone like Tariq Fosu who could just drive the ball forward, who's the guy, kind of guy, when it, whenever he gets a football, he only thinks about going one way up the football pitch. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So he's really, really good. In that West Ham game as well, Shandon Baptiste was... Uh, I, I, I mean, it's so good to see him back in back to the same standard, if not a better standard than he was last season yeah. after Play, after playing in a injuries. better position as well. Yeah, and he's just playing. You know, in, in in he know he knows what he's about, and and. Um, and Scoring world, and, and that goal, that's what he's about. I mean, that goal um, <laughs> where he just kind of skips it over the defender's foot and then just basically jinks it yeah. all the way through the West Ham, the Premier League defenders for fuck's sake, uh, and then just slots it home. Honestly, the guy, the guy is leaving Oxford United in the summer. I mean, there's an absolutely no way we're keeping hold of him, so we have to make the most out of him as we yeah. possibly can yeah. this season. Um, whilst at the same time looking after him and making sure we don't rush him back too quickly, which, yeah. you know, is as frustrating think, as it is. It does look like Carl Robinson's doing. Because so. he's had two major injuries, right? In yes. His, in his fairly yeah. short time. So that maybe is his issue, you know, moving forward. Yeah. Because... It's one thing to be a really good player, and it's another thing to be fit enough to play fifty-five games or sixty games a season. Yeah, but then you do look at some players who 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 you think oh, the amount of injuries they've got, they're never ever going to have a proper career. If you look at Vincent Company; it looked like yeah, his, his yeah, career true. must have been finished. Yeah, and then he goes on and has you know two really really strong seasons at Man City and in in kind of rejuvenates at, at Belgium. Level, at that stuff. level, you do have the luxury of not having to play yeah. or having to be available in the squad because that's the risk at a lower level you're a part you're a key cog yeah. you know and if you don't play you can get forgotten quite and easily because we, we had a guy last season uh, who came in on loan and um, he looked really good for the one game he played yeah. and then got injured and <laughs> was out of the team and you know they didn't renew his, his loan they didn't do anything because you can't be tr- you can't be trusted, right? And it's not to do with your skill or any or your work rate or anything. It's just luck of the draw for a lot of those guys. I mean, we we we've got a lot of players who are who are like that. A lot of players who are basically on the edges yeah. of being uh, of being out or injured all the time. Now, one of them is George Thorne. He's one of the what three hundred and seven defensive midfielders that we've got. Yeah, uh, he's a lad who's on loan from from Derby County. He looks quite swarthy and kind of like <laughs> he looks kind of he's he's quite he looks like a rugged handsome. Kind Kind of swashbuckler or something yes, like that okay. from a distance. Yeah, no yeah, idea yeah. what he looks like up front. He's probably ugly as hell. Oh. Um, <laughs> Apologies. Oh, There's some work that started downstairs. <laughs> That's not a motorbike. That's <laughs> no. Shall, um, we, shall we? Shall, well, well, you've got George Thorne in your brain. Yeah. Shall we just take a little quick break yeah, and then okay. we'll come back in just a moment? No worries. Ruben Loftus Cheek. And we're back. Yeah. Sorry, we were rudely interrupted, and we may be again. 
but we're just going to power on through. We are going to power on. Yes, so very impressive stuff uh, from Oxford in general. George Thorne with his swarthy looks. Oh, yeah, so yes, what I was saying is that he, so he's in one of those other players who's just picks up um, injuries. So yeah. he, he came to us with a massive injury list and he... Um, just got injured <laughs> again. So, um, so we've got a few of those. Shandon Baptiste is one you kind of you you cringe every time he goes down. Same with yeah. Rob Hall as well. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So anyway, so that so we beat we absolutely. I mean, we absolutely trounced West Ham. Yeah. I mean, that four 0 was utterly thoroughly deserved. It was uh, a magnificent performance. West Ham had given up by the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you know, but that's because they'd been outplayed by the, uh, you know a Division Three team basically. Did, uh, did did the young England uh, hopeful Jack Wilshire play? Uh, yeah, he played pretty much the whole game. I think I think he might have been substituted off with about like fifteen minutes to go or something like that, ten minutes to go. The, the only thing I heard was that there's a guy at work who's a West Ham fan, and he said a friend of his who was at the match said that. Uh, Jack Wilshere did the worst warm-up he'd ever seen <laughs> of a professional player. Really? Uh, yeah, so they're doing the little, like, steppy thing, and he's just, like, walking from left to right. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. It's bad, isn't it? Yeah, so his career... I mean, his career's kind of on its way downhill, isn't it? And and, it. and yeah, and, and Shandon Baptiste carrying around his, yeah. his pocket all game. Exactly. He was... Uh, uh, com- yeah, he's done. He's done. He's Do, completely done. Like, it amazes me that players don't do things with intensity, right? And it's really frustrating to see. You are employed to be a professional athlete to mm-hmm. do that job. And when you do a warm you can't even be bothered to run. I mean, yeah. fucking hell. Like, you, they should be, you know, like everything done with, with intensity and, and high impact because I don't see why it wouldn't be. And that's why it's really frustrating when you see players, I mean, not even of, of that level, but play, players that are being very well paid to do a job and not sprinting to the ball not making that run you know not and and it really starts with the warm up and i've started watching players a lot more during that warm up to see how much value they put in it yeah. personally and how much they're willing to commit to that and you do see a real difference player to player as to what they're doing and you see a lot of younger players probably less fashionable players when they do those warm ups they hit it hard you know and they yeah. and they put a lot of effort in and they and they and they really go for it and then you see older hands Maybe that just so well, I'm going through yeah. the motions. Yeah. Here. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's funny actually because something Carl Robinson said in his post match interview is that so Sam Long is an Oxford lad, um, and he's kind of been around. He's actually another one who's had serious injuries through his career, um, and he's kind of stuck around at Oxford. Yeah. Um, and he has fought his way into the for, the first team. He's he's unfortunate actually because Chris Cadden's come in and taken his his right back position away from him. But but um he he played against West Ham Sam Long did um and and was was splendid. Yeah. Um and and it's one of the things that Carl Robinson said about him is that he puts in more effort than anybody. And it and it's really heartening to hear that and it's almost a, a bit heartbreaking as well that he he puts so much effort in. He put, he knows it's basically clear that he knows he's going to have to work harder than most players yeah. if he's ever going to get or maintain a place in the team. Now he played right right back for most of last season, um, and he he was doing that over the top of people like Tony McMahon who were brought in to play at right back. Yeah. And yet Sam Long was was kind of um, 
was outstripping him in, in play for most of the season. But so, yeah, so it is a little, it is a little bit, you know, kind of heartbreaking when you've got somebody who's clearly putting so much effort in, doesn't quite kind of come off for, for them. And just to, to tie our little kind of three game block of amazing games kind of round full circle with yeah. this conversation is another player like that is Mark Sykes. Now, Mark Sykes is in his second full career, full professional career, having been picked up before last, just before last season, um, from 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 Northern Ireland, basically, yeah. um, and he came on against West Ham, um, and he was, I mean, spectacular. Yeah, I mean, he he got played out wide, um, which is not really his the play way. I say his favourite position. He's tended to play through the middle of midfield, um, but he's playing out on the right for a lot of the game. On and he was ripping them to shreds. Yeah. And he's putting really good balls into the penalty area. He's playing absolutely brilliantly. Um, and then for Gillingham on Saturday, not even in the squad. Really? And it's funny because Carl Robinson had actually kind of said earlier on in the season, oh, he's saying Sykes is probably one of those players who's going to go out on loan for, to get some, some game time in League Two because yeah. we probably haven't got space for him. Um, and then for somebody to come out like that and play a game like that against a Premier League side and not even make the squad next uh, the following <laughs> game, it, I, it's, dis- it's really disappointing. Now, Is it also a good sign, though? It, because I mean, it shows that the, the, the squad is that much deeper than maybe you thought it was well i mean no i mean it, it is definitely a good sign for for the for the for the for the club in terms of where we are you know as as a team and as a squad um i think i think there are players that i would have dropped ahead of him and actually probably rob hall as though it, it breaks my heart to say it because okay. i love him um i think based on based on the west ham performance and rob hall had a decent game against west ham don't get me wrong but if he had to choose one of those two because rob hall's on the bench on saturday then maybe i probably would have chosen mark yeah. that's not yeah. to say that there's been anything wrong with rob hall because he's coming back from injury and he's getting better sure. he is getting better at every game there's no doubt about it um but but yeah, you're right. I mean, but the thing is as well is that I still think that um, we've we've got a lot of we've got a lot of depth in certain areas. Yes. So you know, yeah, mid, defense mid, probably still a little bit weak. Midfield players, sure. We're you know we we've got too many and we can't fit them on the bench. But you know, we lose the centre half. Yeah. And we've got no cover. Yeah. We've got Nico Jones who who looks like he's a prospect, but he's he's just turned eighteen. Um, other than that, we've got no cover. So, so how was the Gillingham game then? Uh, Gillingham, Gillingham was really good. I mean, we just we just did them. Yeah, um, it's good satisfying, isn't it? When yeah. you go to a game and you're just better than the yeah. other team. Yeah, that's I mean, very good. And it's not to say that Gillingham weren't very good, or they probably weren't. Yeah. Um, uh, we just we just did them. It's really funny actually because because Steve Evans, their manager, he um, he before the game, whether he was trying to play some kind of psychological mind game or yeah. or whether he's just being a dick, I don't know. But he before Almost the game. The um, he said he taught, he looked at the uh, the Lincoln game and he said yeah well Oxford scored a couple of lucky goals and then kind of got the confidence behind them to kind of then yeah. um, kind of it kind of snowballed from there basically um, and and obviously everybody got really up in arms about the fact that he said a couple of lucky goals it's like we've just put 10 past <laughs> 10, 10 yeah. in, in two games including four against a Premier League team yeah. so everyone got all up in arms about it which is what it was designed to do I'm sure um, and, and everyone said print that out put it on the walls of the yeah. changing room um, 
but it was but it was funny because when we were three nil up after like thirty odd minutes or whatever it was, um, the the East stand started singing, um, "We score lucky goals, yeah. <laughs> we score lucky goals," <laughs> nice. um, and then you know having nice. a pop at Steve Evans. So that was that was good fun. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean it was it was that was one of the the big things I was worried about after after the. Lincoln game and then again after the West Ham game yeah. and I'll say it again now because there is always a risk of this is that whilst nobody was expecting those um, those incredible three games you couldn't possibly have expected those those games in, yeah. in winning to the magnitude that we did um, I, I, they, we've still got it in us I genuinely think we still got it in us to have a bit of a twitchy game where things yeah, don't okay. quite go our, our way and I think that's you know that's the that's the biggest problem we have. I think with Carl Robinson is if if we if things start going against us, he he doesn't know how to react very well. And I think I think I said this at stages last season as well. Great manager when you're winning. I think you know okay, yeah. once you're winning, he's got the mentality. You can get the team up for it and stuff. And he's the right kind of guy for that kind of environment. He's kind of one of the lads, and yeah. he kind of an arm around the shoulder. Come on, boys, we can do this. But. We, and we've discussed his post-match interviews many times um, last season. When things go against you, um, go against him, his post-match interviews are all over the shop. Yeah. He starts chucking players under the bus. Yeah, he starts he's blaming everybody le- left, right and centre apart from himself. Yeah. Um, and um, so as long as we keep beating people 6-4 or 3-0, yeah. we're fine. We, we'll go on a run. But it's, it's how we react to that first defeat it's because because we're not we're not going to keep doing that we're going to we're going to slip to an ugly defeat we're going to have a really crappy game where it's going to yeah, feel yeah, rubbish yeah. probably at home and there'll probably be a couple of whinges in the crowd and everything yeah suddenly gets difficult well, and it's how we react to he that. remains a divisive character yeah uh, whichever he, way. he certainly I, does i was i i put a message out on uh on, on twitter after the game and i said to a friend of the podcast ginger moods whether uh she changed her opinion on KR after this series of results, she just replied one word: "Nah, nah." No, so you know, I, th- I don't think he's going to win everyone round, no, regardless but, of, the, of the of the result. But this is the thing, and it's something I and, and I said this many times last season: um, yeah. is that um, there is a very good chance that Carl Robinson turns things around and everything. You know, we do really well, and we 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 end up top of the table, and all of that. If that happens, great. I'm still not going to like no, him because no. because my, my 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 opinions about him and and absolutely not based on football. Yeah. It's based yeah, yeah. on the kind of yeah. personality yeah. he is. It just grates with me. At the start of last season, or for the most part, the large part of last season, the fact that we were also dog shit at football just kind of compounded yeah. that issue. Yeah. Right now we're now we're now we're doing we're playing really good football and winning football matches good. Good for him. All power to him. We're stuck with him for three years, so I would rather yeah, he was exactly. winning these games, and he can take the plaudits by all means. Absolutely, still not going to like him. No, you know. Quite. So, but but I, and this is one of the things I think in situations like this, I don't really want to get dragged into to, to talking about yeah. the negativity side yeah. of things because I don't like the guy. But in a moment, he's got the team playing extremely nice football. Yeah, fair extremely enough. nice football. It's extremely effective. We're scoring loads and loads and loads of goals. The one, the one final caveat i'll add to it is this is one of our problems last season is in our good patches our good patches when were when our midfield players were scoring goals and our midfield players are currently scoring goals just a hatful of them and because they're not strikers they're not 20 goals a season players 
generally speaking. Yep. So there is a reasonably good chance that they'll hit a barren spell. I think the prob- one of the problems might be that all of our midfielders have all hit form at exactly the same time, scored a billion goals. Yep. If they then go through one of their quieter spells for the next three or four weeks, all of a sudden our, our goals should dry up. Two good points there, though. One, we haven't conceded a goal in four games. Yeah. Um, and two, um, we've now got Matty Taylor. Yeah, yeah, who picked up and a now, goal as well. He's three goals in three games. Oh, really? Yeah, we, we, we've now got a striker who can score. So when those, ga- when those goals do dry up from the midfielders, and this is the big dis- difference for us this season, is that when those goals dry up from midfield, we've still got somebody who can just score. He can just score goals. Um, and so long may he stay fit. Yeah. Um, and uh, long may it all continue because at the moment it's all pretty good. Very nice. All looking very good at the United Stadium. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about our friends uh, down here in Reading, the Royals, who have been on the opposite run. So have you? Yeah. Oh, so no. oh, what a surprise. So, yeah, while, while we were up in August and you were down, uh, September has been a very poor month for us. Uh, four straight defeats, followed by a draw. <laughs> uh, How are you turning around? <laughs> I know. So it's been it's it's been a little bit ridiculous. But and I've been getting quite frustrated with the whole thing. However, I keep being told that uh, we are playing well. We're just not winning matches, which is no comfort, you know. And this no. got us into a discussion we were having about XG because the XG puts <laughs> Reading right at the top of the table. Uh, that doesn't really help Expected us very much. Expected goals yeah. stat, this kind of new fancy Dan stat that is, yeah. it's the talk of the town, doesn't really mean no, much. No, puts us fourth in the league when we're actually 20th. So yeah. it's like, that's not a great sign. But the the situation is, I think, we had a very good August. We, we got some results against some very good teams. Uh, and then we started conceding some silly goals early on in games. And that's the pattern. The pattern is basically we concede early in the game, the players' heads go down, they 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 get into a psychological position yep. where they're just thinking about all of the times we've lost. Yeah. Uh, and the fans likewise, because it's quite hard to go to games and, and be down all the time, you know. Um, and we've rescued that on a few occasions. So we played Wolves in the uh, in the League Cup, which was quite a tough tough draw away at Wolves. Uh, we conceded a goal early on. Another goalkeeping howler from Jal Virginia, who's getting picked for the cup games and showing why. He's probably got some contract, something in his loan contract, hasn't he, with Everton to say yeah. he has to play a certain number of games I or think something that might like be that. It because, but when he plays, you can guarantee <clears throat> to concede a goal and when against him. And when you're on a bad run, um, and also when you get, you know, when you're playing against a, a higher division side and you're also on a bad run. Yeah. You just got. You've got to get. Just get the basics right. Don't shoot yourselves in the foot. Get it's just brutal. keep things reasonably steady and tight. And when you don't do that, you give yourself a lot of work. To yeah, do, basically. you make your job impossible for yourself, basically. And I think the part of the problem is with with this lad, Virginia. Every time he takes the pitch, everyone is terrified. And I can imagine the defenders are terrified as well, yeah. as much as they wouldn't want to admit it. You know. Yeah, I mean, because. He's Everton fancy him, right? They, they really they, fancy you know, him. They, yeah. they think he's a prospect. Now, yeah, I, is, talk, I saw on Twitter like some Everton fans going, "What's going on with Virginia at Reading?" It's like, well, I mean, because is is this him getting over his? Because you know, you know, when um, your lad, the 
funny Spanish guy at Man oh, yeah. U. Um, De Gea. De Gea. Started at Man U. He was all over the shop and everyone's yeah. like, who's this joker that Man U have brought in? But he was just getting himself over yeah. those it kind of those bumps. And maybe, maybe that's him kind of getting that out of his system. Um, and and also, you know, it's a psychological thing. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, you're a young goalkeeper um, and you're at a club that's struggling in the championship and you're kind of expecting to be at Premier League level. Yeah, you're that. I mean, that is going to be tough. And now he's putting... Too much pressure on himself, probably. I guess that's in what it the, is. Every time he goes onto the pitch, and that's the worst possible position to be getting like that. But t- talking about good stuff from that, we ended up coming back and drawing that game against Wolves, and then yeah. losing on penalties. But John Swift, who is sort of he's having an amazing season. To be fair <laughs> to the guy, uh, his stats are outrageous. He's the he's the one of the best performing midfielders in uh, the championship this season. The number of his key chances is like way higher than anyone else in the league. So he's creating amazing stuff. And he assisted with an absolutely audacious Rabona cross. It was it was de- it was a delight. It was a delight. An absolute delight. Lucas he Boy header into the top corner is glorious. He should have taken his penalty like that. That's all I can I say. Should have done. <laughs> you know that the, the Rabona like foot like right foot behind the left penalty is in the Paul Gascoigne soccer skills book is I got it? when I was a kid. Brilliant. He actually Brilliant. advises you <laughs> to do the Rabona penalty. It's classic Gaza. Uh, yeah, but Swift has been playing very well. We lost that game on Pens, but I think we played okay. Uh, and then uh, we had the game against Charlton, which we which we lost uh, the week prior, which, again, we could have easily drawn that game or maybe even won it. But we, but we didn't. And then we had Swansea away this weekend. Uh, and, yeah. And John and I uh, got in the car and drove down to Swansea for that one. And I tell you, it's hard work <laughs> because there's a lot of promise. You know, whenever you have a game, all options are on the table, right? All results are on the table yep. before you turn up. Anything can happen, especially in, in, in the football league where most teams have got a chance of having a crack at the other teams. Yeah, absolutely. We, we turn up, the crowd's there, decent crowd, probably a thousand Reading fans or something have made it down there. They're singing, everyone's up for it. You see the team sheet, you're like, oh, yeah, this could be good. Kick off, three minutes later, you concede a goal. <laughs> And everything is negative. Like, the, everyone in the crowd, the singing slows down, you know. People can't get up for it as much. <laughs> Everyone's chatting about this player's shit, that player's shit. And I was like, this is fucking hard work. And we had to suffer that for the next 87 minutes. Yeah. And then we were finally rewarded with an equaliser, which was very well-deserved based on the second-half performance. But you, it's, it's just, like, emotionally draining to concede early all the time and have to deal with being behind all the time. Yeah, and it, but but it is also actually uh, a test of the kind of character of the side. Now, now I think we had some key, also had some key moments like that kind of um, earlier on in the season where we had um, we were two 0 down against Coventry, came back, um, and I can't even remember what happened against Millwall. We were some goals down and came yeah. back. I can't even my, my memory shit. <laughs> Um, but, but, but yeah, it's that test of kind of the mental strength where, whereas in previous, in like like last season, we would have lost those games, um, and things are different and it sounds to me a little bit like, so even though you're kind of shooting yourselves in your, in, in the foot to start with, there is at least some kind of, kind of mental resilience there to try and bring things back. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. It's just like, I'm a big supporter of of Jose Gomes and what he's trying to do and the fact that, that they, I'll say were, because they didn't on the weekend, trying to play some football. But I think he's realising how hard it is, this league. Yeah. 
And it's not just good enough to have good players. You've no, got no. to have good plans and you've got to have resilience. And you've got to be able to play in lots of different ways. But the problem I have is that it seems like whenever we go down like that, we forget about his way of football and they start pop- popping the ball down the channels and they start... Like, he's built a team to play in a way that we're not playing anymore. Yeah, yeah. And it really doesn't work. And we've got these two forwards. So we were playing with two forwards with, with Lucas Zhao, who's a big man, who plays with his back to goal. Yeah. And then George Puskas, who is this like rough and tumble, spin off the defender kind of uh, mm. forward. And they're a great partnership. They should be a great partnership because Zhao can take the ball. He's really good at knocking balls around the corner. Like control, knock it around the yeah. corner. And Puskas is really good at making unexpected, quick, darting runs. And so it on paper it's fucking great. But then they never get the ball like that. No, you no, know? no. They never get the ball like that. The ball goes lump, lumping over their head or goes down into the channel. Exactly, and yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's so much of that. And the thing that, when I was watching the Oxford, the, the highlights for Oxford, was I, I found so frustrating is that we just can't move the ball that fast. No. We're not capable at the moment of having the confidence to, to move the ball. And I, I just find myself screaming, you know, the team, just pass and move, pass and move, pass and move. But so often players are shying away from the ball they run forward to get in a forward position yeah but then you've just got a line of four players yeah and and you're like well i can feed that into you but what are you going to do with it we need players running off each other and going past yeah. each other and making space and when we do that we score goals it's yeah. as simple as that and that's and that's one of that's one of the benefits of kind of carl robinson's system and don't get me wrong there are lots of kind of drawbacks to it as well but but his system when he's got his midfielders when the midfield players are playing well they're, they're kind of playing in layers and so there's there's always room there's always somebody just ahead of you and there's always somebody just behind you so yeah. there's always an option to pass it and the sort of understanding that players like Cameron Brannigan and Ben Woodburn and James Henry are all starting to get yeah, yeah. with each other in the, in, in, the in, in midfield particularly when you've got like Alex Gorin playing in the defensive midfield uh, role as well the kind of understanding they've got kind of moving the ball around um, in, in, in actually Chuck Shandon Baptiste into the middle there as well he makes that kind of central part really come alive and players bounce off him really really well and and, in having that ability to kind of there's always a couple of options and it's not like in a kind of boring Barcelona tiki-taka kind of you know three people within two meters of you kind of way there's people making movements because they're all intelligent footballers and they understand the space they have a good understanding of each other Um, but if you if you haven't got that and you've got players who want to play a certain way but the people feeding him yeah don't under feeding those players don't understand what they're they're looking for then you're in trouble I think what we I think we have the right players play in a number of different ways. And I think the most successful we've been recently is actually playing with one striker up front and, and having a few more bodies in midfield. What I would love to see is to have two more defensive holding midfielders. So Andy Rinomota, who is up and down. You want Carl Robinson managing your yes, side, really? Yeah, we do. And, we, and, and, and Pele is the kind of ball-playing defensive playmaker <laughs> the fact that you want Pele and Pushkas to I know. be playing better off and, each other and we've got and we've got more as well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think that's what we need we need Rinomota and Pele in that in the in, as a deeper holding midfield and then John Swift in front of them to then take the ball and and, and make direct and, yeah. and attacking passes and then have our two two wide players 
Lucas Boy and uh, Ovia Jaria as kind of inside forward wide midfielders who can roam about and create yeah. space and opportunities. And then e- one of either Puskas or Zhao up front. But I think because he spent lots of money on Puskas and Zhao, they're going to play most games together, even if it isn't right. Yeah. It's funny, it's frustrating. It is funny because you you're talking about Carl Robinson's system. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. but you, that's exactly the kind of system we play, They're particularly with the wide players, having the freedom to kind of cut back in. Yeah. in, in they can almost play like up. attacking yeah, midfielders or central yeah. midfielders, yeah. Um, but the, 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 our biggest problem when we've not been playing well, and that would be the, the risk of that, if you haven't got the right level of creativity behind them, yeah. is the gap between the, the striker and those those attacking creative midfielders can get too wide. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's one of the problems we had for large parts of last season. Um, and that was a, why Sam Smith didn't work out, because at that point, the midfielder wasn't wasn't yeah, firing. Yeah. But you get those bodies forward. So who's your biggest creative outlet then? Is it's it John Swift, Swift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what about those two wide guys then? So what are they contributing? So so Ajaria is the is the dribbler. He's that guy who's an incredible dribbler, and yeah. he did he did it against against uh, Swansea the other day. He needs the ball at his feet, and he needs to play. Uh, with a bit of space around him because he loves to take the ball to his feet, yeah. spin, turn, run into space. And he say, does it really effectively, but I think he does it almost better when he's a bit wide because he finds a bit more space. Does he Does he, Does he? he need players to kind of feed the ball to him or will he pick the ball up and go, I'm going to make something He'll pick the here. ball up, yeah, yeah, and he does okay. it all the time and he drops back in. So I think actually if you did play like that, the risk would be more that you leave the striker isolated. Because yeah, yeah. I think the natural play of Boy and Ajaria is to be part of the midfield. So I think the risk there would be you lose the striker a bit. But watching George Puskas, and everyone's getting a bit frustrated with him, because although he scored two fantastic goals against Cardiff, he hasn't really scored since then. He's missed a few set Yeah, it's because he's shit. He's yeah. rubbish. Overhyped. Absolutely. Don't waste of money. Send him back. I watch, I watch him a lot, yeah. because... I always find it interesting to watch especially strikers off the ball to see what they do because a lot of the time they don't have the ball right and it's really interesting to see how different strikers play the game and and Puskas makes absolutely amazing runs all the time constantly yeah. so every every few seconds you'll see him turn and move and, and, and find space and he's if, if I think if John Swift can see him it would be an amazing partnership because I think Swift could pick him out over and over again. Yeah. But at the moment, because they're not used to that game, they're used to passing it down the pitch, cutting it back across the box or cross and, and score a goal that way. You know, yeah. they want to work it into the box. But if we started to play, he's a bit like Michael Owen was, you know, like Michael yeah, okay. Owen would jink around and roll off a defender, run into space and, and score. And I think that's what Pushkas can do. And I think what, what, the team needs to do is start look for look for him more. Just yeah. just look for him more because he doesn't get frustrated, which I like. He'll make a run, he doesn't get it. He, he's not throwing his arms around or getting no. upset. But you can just see he's got that brain. You know, he's constantly making. And I lo- I love to see it because if we can just unlock that, yeah. Oh, we we'll, we can do great stuff. You you what you need is you you need a. Um, I tell you, I tell you what you need is you need Johnny Lundstrom. <laughs> you need you need a mid- central midfielder who can pick out balls, yeah. who can pick the passes out, who knows who can read those runs. I, or, or Peter Levin. That was one of the. So we had Peter Levin. This is back under Chris Wilder's in Chris Wilder's time. Peter Levin um, played much higher level um, and was just knackered and injured and a bit old. So yeah. he dropped down to, to to League Two level and played for Oxford. And he was. Um, 
he was, I mean, just so much better at football than everybody else on the pitch. <laughs> and uh, it was, it was, I mean, but he was obviously also knackered most of the yes. time. But it was, it was sometimes frustrating because what he would do is he would pick the ball and, he, and he'd see a beautiful pass, a beautiful pass, and he'd thread an absolutely immaculate ball, like, like, like through the eye of the needle, cutting the defence completely oh, out so of the game and just like absolutely incredibly made yeah. but none of our strikers or attacking players were intelligent enough to have <laughs> to made see, the run yeah, yeah, to yeah. have seen the yeah. pass in the first place um, you need it you need it all don't you yeah you, you do you so need you, it all and, and, I, and I do think that's what we've got we've at Oxford is we've got players who are on the same wavelength yeah. and you know they're not necessarily individually better than some of the other players at other teams around around the country but they are all on exactly the yeah, same all right level. we know you're playing you're well we get, we get the, we, we, we get the, we get the <laughs> fucking message and on that note i think we'll draw this uh, draw this to a close so you can stop banging on about how great oxford are so, sorry sorry uh, please get us on at worldy pod on twitter uh, and uh, yeah we'll be back we'll be back again and we'll see it's a topsy turvy season andy it'll it probably is. be all different next time so we'll see how it goes we'll catch you on the next Next worldie.